Okay, good morning. Saw a lot of visitors on the first service. I didn't really float around this service, I'm sure. If you have visitors, welcome. Always, you bless us. Um, the title this morning of my sermon is Mother's Day, which is probably to be expected unless it was Father's Day, right? My text is the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 12. Pray with me as I go to Psalm 1914 to ask for an anointing on these my words. So dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mind, of my mouth, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. When I mention the word mother, what do you think about? A group of second graders were asked what they thought about their mother. They were asked various questions about moms, and their answers are fascinating. These are real answers, and don't forget, they're second graders. I judge to be about, what, seven years old? Questions. Why did God make mothers? To help us out of there when we were getting born. How did God make mothers? Magic plus superpowers and a lot of stirring. (laughs) What ingredients are mothers made of? God makes mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. (laughs) Why? Why did God give you your mother and not some other mom? God knew she would like me a lot more than other people's moms would like me. What kind of a little girl was your mother? I don't know, because I wasn't there. But my guess would be pretty bossy. But they did say she used to be nice. Why did your mom marry your dad? She got too old to do anything else with him. Who is the boss at your house? Mom is. She doesn't want to be, but she has to, because dad is such a goofball. (laughs) What is the difference between moms and dads? Moms work at work and work at home, and dads just go to work at work. (laughs) What does your mom do in her spare time? Moms don't do spare time. (laughs) If you could change one thing about your mom, what would it be? I would like her to get rid of those invisible eyes in the back of her head. (laughs) And finally, what would it take to make your mom perfect? On the inside, she's already perfect. On the outside, some type of plastic surgery. (laughs) Kids are kids. Well... As I thought about the message this morning, I thought, what can I say about mothers that has not already been said many, many times before? And the answer is, I doubt seriously there is anything I can say that would be something you have not heard before. You know, in various churches, there will be many messages delivered this morning about the virtuous and godly mother of Proverbs. Proverbs 31, 10, and 28 states, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far more above rubies. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. 
And no doubt the story of Jochebed will be repeated from many pulpits this morning. Jochebed was the mother of Moses. And what a wonderful story of a mother's love and sacrifice for her son. And many pastors will recall the story of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, and how she dedicated him to the Lord and how God honored her request by using him in the ministry. So certainly there, are, there is so much we can say about mothers, many stories we can tell, and what I have to say will probably be something you have heard before. But let me be quick to add, the story of mothers never gets old. So allow me to give you three brief and simple thoughts as your sermon outline. First, the recognition of a mother. Two, the resourcefulness of a mother. And three, the responsibility of a mother. So consider first the recognition of a mother. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And our text this morning, which happens to be one of the Ten Commandments, is, says, honor your father and your mother. And that applies to everyone. Now I want you to turn your attention to two groups, husbands and children. First, husbands. The husband is to honor his wife. First Peter 3, 7 states, Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. The Bible also says in Ephesians 5.33, Let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. I believe God's area of accountability for a husband begins in the home with the wife, the mother of his children. Before your career, before your church involvement, the wife is to be the center of your attention. And I hope you will make much of this day, Mother's Day. You know, it's easy for us men to sometimes forget days of the year that are important. And if you want to get into big trouble, forget a birthday or forget an anniversary or a day like Mother's Day. One morning as a woman woke up and saw her husband getting ready to work, she said with a big smile on her face, Honey, I bet you don't know what day this is. See, she knew her husband had a hard time remembering birthdays and anniversaries. But since he was about to leave for work, he excused himself from the embarrassing situation by walking out of the door and saying, Honey, how could I ever forget one of the most important days of our lives? All during the day, he kept trying to remember what month and what day his wife's birthday was and when their anniversary was, but he could not remember. The day wore on and it was close to time to get off from work and he knew he was having to go home and face his wife, not knowing what made this day so special. And he finally thought of a plan to save his hide. He rushed into the house and he said, Honey, get your best dress on. We are going to paint the town and celebrate this outstanding day in our lives. And while she was getting ready, he ran to the florist and bought her a lovely bouquet of flowers. He took her to the most expensive restaurant in town. He had spent $150 to celebrate the day, and he still did not know what he was celebrating. It was on his way home that he finally discovered what day it was. 
His wife snuggled really close to him, placing her arm around his shoulder, planted a soft kiss on his cheek and said, Honey, this is the best Groundhog Day we've had in our lives. (laughs) On a more serious note, what does it mean to honor our wives, to give them proper recognition? Let me begin by saying that recognition is, not, is just not one day of the year, but for every day of the year. Honoring a wife means many things. It means loving her, providing for her, leading her in spiritual matters, helping with the kids, making life a little easier for her. I don't think God is pleased. When we continually spend the days enjoying our favorite hobby while the wife is home cleaning the house and bathing the children. I don't believe that God is pleased when we spend money on ourselves and for our own pleasure while leaving the wife in the dress you bought for her several years ago. Today, husbands, we give honor to the mother of our children, but let us do it in deed and not in word only. Secondly, children. Children are to honor their mothers. Let me speak to our kids for a moment. Teenagers and young people, let me ask you, do you give your mother the proper respect and honor that she deserves? I don't mean just today, Mother's Day. I mean yesterday, last week, all through the year. If your mom was invited up here to give a testimony and to share with us about your respect and love for her, what would she say? Do you make her proud? Or would she be embarrassed and not able to say anything positive? Let me leave you with this thought. You have only one mother. You'll never have another. Love her and respect her and obey her while she is still here. Listen to this anonymous poem. If you have a smile for mother, give it now. If you have a a kindly word, speak it now. She'll not need it when the angels greet her at the golden gate. Give the smiles for she's living. If you wait, it will be too late. Those of us who have lost our mothers understand that very well. Second, the resourcefulness of a mother. Proverbs 31, 26 to 27 states, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Think about the resourcefulness of a mother. A mother is one, a maker, two, a mender, three, a moderator, and fourth, a teacher. First, a maker. She makes boxer pants and chocolate pudding, law and sometimes order. She makes castles, threats, promises, and rabbit suits. She makes horses' heads from paper bags, little suits from big ones, new dresses from old ones, sunsets, sunsuits from kitchen curtains, small balloons from popped ones, stew from nothing, whatever. She makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and peace when possible. So a mother is a maker and to a mender. A mother mends broken dishes and broken hearts, trouser knees, hurt noses and hurt feelings, trouser knees, torn jackets and torn fingers, and trouser knees. She mends old sheets, old rose bushes, old baby dolls, and brand new trouser knees. 
A mother is a maker, a mender, and a moderator. She is a moderator in times of war, civil war, verbal war, insurrection, minor skirmishes, attacks to the enemy, in times of strife, in times of injustice, in times of temper, in times of hair pulling. Mother is a maker, a mender, a moderator, and fourth, a teacher. She teaches how to button buttons and how to say a prayer. She teaches how to hold a knife and a fork, how to hang up clothes so they might stay hung, how to sit still in church. She can teach a love of books and of music. She can turn a child's heart to God, but almost never can she teach a child how to close a door without a bang and how to come in without bringing in the mud. A mother can count. She counts calories and blessings, pennies in children's heads in the car, but she never counts sheep. A mother is immune to surprises, whether it's a glass of water in her desk drawer, a cat sleeping on fresh sheets in the linen cupboard, worms in trouser pockets, good report cards, bad report cards, split foreheads, split infinitives. Mothers, nothing ever really surprises them. But sometimes... A mother reaches despair. The dryer won't drive when all the clothes are washed and wet. The baby bites the cat's tail and is scratched for it. The three-year-old dumps the bowl of, of milk and cereal on the front door when you're expecting the minister to visit. The baby is screaming for attention. Soothing medications must be halted while mother sprints to the relentless doorbell and there stands two neighborhood children ready to report, your baby's crying. Eight-year-old dashes back in to say he forgot. It was his turn to take cookies to his meeting. All of a sudden, fingerprints all over the house loom suddenly vivid. The ragged edge of the rug seems dreadful. The three-year-old won't go outside. The cat won't come in. The gelatin won't gel. The sun won't shine. And the pudding sticks and boils over. All the while, the phone is ringing on and on and on and with it and above it and through it all comes mommy come and see mommy come and see incessantly monotonously unendingly from the three-year-old mother leans chin on broom handle and mutters next time lord i'll raise chickens (laughs) yes lord i might do this again but not with the same kids. Suddenly, the baby's eyes seem very bright. Six-year-old recites from memory the entire 23rd Psalm. Fingerprints retreat again. Daddy walks in. Really, life could not be richer. It is a glory never to be bartered. Finally, she says, Dear Lord, keep the chickens. I'll carry on for now and thank you from the bottom of my heart. Third, consider the responsibility of mothers. Mothers, let me begin by saying, the devil is out to steal the hearts and souls of your children. He would love nothing more than to see your children corrupted by the influence of a society and an educational system that has gone awry. Does anyone doubt that to be a true statement? We're living in a time of unbridled sin. Every evil imagined is in the heart of man and is displayed displayed before American children on a daily basis. The devil is using 
the influence of a depraved society to destroy our homes, to destroy the traditional home, to destroy godly values and virtues. You know, the suburban Glenbrook High School in Chicago is now infamous worldwide for the incident that took place not too long ago. Senior girls hazing a group. At a football game surrounded the junior girls. The young girls were beaten, bones broken, human feces was poured on them. Many were taken to hospitals and ambulances. And you ask, how could such a thing take place in a public school? A place where children are to be protected and educated. The answer, no God. A vacuum has been created by removing any vestige of God and has been filled with humanism and anti-God philosophy. And the question is, what do we do? How can we stand against what seems to be an overwhelming effort by Satan to take charge of our children? Well, let me give you a few suggestions. First, mothers teach your preschool children the Bible as soon as possible. Notice I said, you teach your children the Bible. If the Bible gets taught, it will not happen in the public schools. It will either happen at church once a week or in your home daily. In Deuteronomy 31, verses 12 and 13, God said, gather the people together, a men and women and little ones and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live. Grandparents, you're still on the hook. As long as you live. You know, we're reminded that young Timothy was influenced for Christ by his mother and his grandmother. They taught him the scripture. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 1.5, When I call to remembrance a genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. You know, I'm reminded of a Sunday school presentation in a church And the little girl was to recite scripture that she had memorized for the occasion. Now, when she got in front of the crowd, at the sight of hundreds of eyes peering at her, it caused her to forget her memory work. Every line that she had so carefully rehearsed faded from her mind, and she stood there unable to utter a single word. In the front row, her mother was almost as frantic as the little girl. The mother gestured. She moved her lips, trying to form the words for the little girl, but it did no good. Finally, the mother, in desperation, whispered the opening phrase of the memorized scripture. I am the light of the world. Immediately, the child's face lit up. And a smile appeared on it. And she said with supreme confidence, my mother is the light of the world. That's a different reaction from the first service. (laughs) That young girl in some ways was not far from wrong. For a mother is the light of a child's world. Amen. Mothers can also be an example to their children. 
Children learn by example. They learn by the things they are exposed to. And we must expose them to what? That which is right and godly. And our examples before there must be the right kind of example. Mothers, first, your spiritual life must be consistent if you want the same for your kids. It cannot be, I'll do the right thing today and tomorrow I'll skip it. See, children know the difference in whether or not we are sincere in our walk with Christ. And let me add, it will have an everlasting effect on them one way or another. Mothers, the dream that you have for the little lives that God has entrusted in your hands can come true if it is God's will and you help to shape it in love and Christian ideals. I want you to listen to this. True mother's love is in miniature a form of the love of God. And how vital and important it is for every mother to know God intimately and to set the right example for her children. And finally, mothers, tell your children about Jesus. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them and explain to them that Jesus died for them. Tell them about heaven and how to get there. Lead, with the help of the Holy Spirit, your children to Christ. Today is Mother's Day. Remember a mother's recognition, a mother's resourcefulness, a mother's responsibility. Possibly you are here as a mother who has never received Christ. May I say as kindly as I know how, it is impossible to be a godly mother without knowing God. And then to your Christian mothers, do you need to come this morning and share with the Lord your heart concerning some failures with your children? And husbands, teenagers, young people, Could God be speaking to you today to make some things right? Is everything right between you and your wife? Is everything right between you and your mother? If not, you come this morning to the altar with your spouse or child and seek God's solution. If you are all set... You may leave quietly respecting those in prayer. But here's the opportunity at least to share with the other your concerns. Amen? And as we leave this place, remember to celebrate the balance of the day, understanding who the focus is. It's our mothers. And then we take the message of the gospel in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, for there's only one true God. Amen?